Hello and welcome to Teaching Here and There, episode 15. This is the podcast about hybrid teaching in higher education. I'm Dom. I'm Ivan. And I'm James. And today we are crossing back onto the mainland of the continent with uh, guests from Greece and the Netherlands. And uh, we're going to go straight into that conversation. Really interesting uh, teaching focused ones today. We're delighted uh, on this episode to uh, bring in two guests from the mainland, uh, from one from Greece and one from the Netherlands. And uh, I'm going to invite them to introduce themselves uh, today. Uh, let's go first to you, uh, Evie. Hi, welcome. Um, my name is Evie Laveri. I am the writing program coordinator at the American College of Greece in Athens. That's great. Thank you. And uh, Yeli. Yeah, my name is Yannis uh, Schuyler. I'm a senior lecturer at the Nolland University of Applied Sciences in Haarlem in the Netherlands. And um, I'm involved in uh, as a course director in uh, our postgraduate program. That's fantastic. And welcome to the podcast. We're delighted to uh, to have you join us today. And I'm sure our listeners will be looking forward to uh, what this conversation will will uncover uh, as well. Um, we've had a number of colleagues from uh, other parts of Europe today for uh, recently from uh, also from the United States and elsewhere. So it's brilliant that we're able to get a, a broad ranging conversation about this particular topic. Um, I'm going to hand over to Ivan for the first question today. Thank you, Dominic. Uh, and, and welcome again, Evi and Yeli. And I will not try to pronounce your name, Yeli, in a full uh, version, uh, obviously. But uh, it's nice to have you on board and actually talk to us about the hybrid teaching. So we had guests that given us different background in their uh, story about uh, how they adopted or how they met the synchronous hybrid teaching in their practice. How about you? Was it a, a, a romance at the first sight or it was something different? Maybe you can start, Evie, and then Yeli, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it was not romance at first sight. Uh, it was a very gradual process. Uh, it all started in 2017 or 16, I think, when um, our school offered um, what we call an online faculty training uh, workshop seminar. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I'll attend. I kind of like technology, like to use technology. I don't feel very confident with it, but I think I, I managed. So I thought, okay, let's see what, what I can learn. Uh, maybe add something to my CV. Um, this, this opened to me a, a new world of how I can use uh, uh, online tools for my teaching. Um, we use Blackboard mm. at uh, DIRI. So um, I discovered how I could use multiple tools that Blackboard offers and I never had the opportunity to uh, explore or try out in my classes. Mm. Um, and then uh, as I was, uh, after I did this seminar, uh, the provost of the school wanted to create some blended courses. So mm -hmm. kind of blended hybrid, um, they have different names. Yeah. So I built a blended course. I spent about a year working on that with an instructional designer that we have on campus. Mm. And uh, I offered about three to four semesters of blended teaching. And then the pandemic uh, came and uh -huh. it was very interesting that on uh, March, what we closed down around March something, March 10, uh, yeah. 2020. On March 9, on Monday or 6 or something, I had a workshop with my colleagues from the writing program to introduce them to the, to the tools, the online tools I had discovered through these uh, blended courses and the seminar. Yeah. So I had this workshop and the next day the school closed down. So miraculously, we had um, people had gotten some quick training yes. on how to work online. That was wonderful. And of course, with the online teaching, uh, we were uh, introduced to so many other ways that mm. we can teach remotely. And when we came back to face-to-face -face teaching, uh, although we thought it was going to be the same, um, uh, we discovered that uh, many of the things we had tried online yeah. um, could actually be useful. So now I am um, trying to use some uh, online uh, tools during my synchronous face-to-face -face classes. Great. Um, 
Yeah, quite uh, good, effectively, I think. There are tech issues, of course, but we'll talk about this in another yeah, question. Indeed, yes. indeed. And I think probably the the, the, the the area that you are covering in your teaching probably is going to be very interesting to hear about. We've learned mm. already about some art ideas. But mm. how about you, Yeli? Where did you meet, where did you meet the uh, synchronous hybrid and are you still friends with it? Yeah, it started around 2011. Then we started already with uh, video video um, uh, lecturing, um, uh, recording knowledge mm -hmm. clips. Um, and at that time, we had a project um, in our research group to build an um, international master program on radiation quality. Mm -hmm. So with the other universities, the, the, this 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 project was a mess so the results wasn't very promising because mm -hmm. it was very difficult to combine the programs of different universities to one program so mm -hmm. that was the real problem we had at that time but we developed new materials new uh, educational courses for our master program of in university and we offered them um, international fine at that time we started first with an online course and a hybrid uh, and a physical course mm. and halfway they met each other in an intensive week in Haarlem. Mm -hmm. uh, in around 2017 we had one year where the numbers of students dropped down so mm -hmm. we at that time we we combined both courses in one course a real hybrid course, so mm. physical students and online students in one in one meeting at, at, at every time, and mm -hmm. we kept the intensive week in the in the middle. Fine. At the same time, we did it with uh, colleagues from um, the Caribbean for mm -hmm. our ultrasound courses. So, but we had a lot of technical issues. But later on, we will speak about yeah, this. Yeah, right. And then, but we more and more confidence build up during the years and just before COVID-19 we thought about introducing hybrid teaching also in our bachelor program for yeah. remote students from yeah long distances in the Netherlands yeah. um, and we redesigned one of our classrooms to um, a collaborative yeah. learning classroom and to also to make it possible to 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 enter the classroom online so Great. and that was just before COVID nineteen uh, entered yeah. the world, yeah. and then we were almost ready to to combine, yeah, to go to online, yeah, because we had a, a lot of experience. Yes, um, twenty eleven, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really but it, long time. but we we started really small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is the best thing. Yeah, you 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 crawled a little bit before you yeah. started uh, running. Yeah, lovely. No, I think it's very interesting to hear, and probably we are going to explore more more of the intricate details uh, about what you've done uh, in the past and what you are doing now. Dominique. Thank you, Ivan. Uh, Yelly, we, uh, we were in the presence of an old master, if I may. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <A guru. laughs> and uh, good to hear, Amy, as well, that uh, you know, you, this is not completely new to you as well. This is something that you bring uh, a, a good few years of, uh, of experience to as well. Um, I, I, I took a look at both of your, your bios before this conversation. Uh, AV, yours uh, talked about an interest in classroom dynamics. And uh, Yeli, yours uh, referred to sort of the, the combination of hands-on with, uh, with hybrid. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking that you probably both have a reasonable degree of confidence in uh trying this in 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 this practice so um I, i'm wondering what does uh and i'll come to yelly first and then to avi uh, what does hybrid teaching done well look like to you it made the world of education more open so it's it's opening it's um, creating no, new opportunities for inclusive education programs. So, for instance, in our radiation quality program, we have a lot of uh, participants from Eastern Europe. And without this program, they could even think about entering such a program. So it's much more inclusive. 
and besides that it's it's more time and place indi- uh, independent so also when mm. when a participants is away for a holiday he can still enter he can still um, participate in in a meeting so it's much more flexible it's interesting that uh, you you opted for some, I suppose, some of the philosophical positions there uh, in in what does what does good look like rather than rather than a technical response or or, or a pedagogical response. Oh no, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't be about uh, the technical issues. That that that's uh, you you should have that behind you. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Avi. What, yes. what does good look like to you? Hybrid teaching done well. Um, I think uh, I'm not really sure how we define hybrid teaching. Uh, to me, because I think it can have multiple uh, definitions. Um, to me, is the use of uh, uh, technology inside and it's outside the classroom uh, combined with face-to-face teaching. So I hope this fits the definition you have in mind. I agree flexibility is a great uh, uh, plus for this uh, practice. I think good hybrid would mean uh, hybrid teaching that um, uses technology when it is needed and uh, doesn't use it just to play with it or just to show off uh, fancy computer labs or uh, new apps uh, that kids kids, students find uh, interesting, fascinating, unusual in a writing classroom especially but I think uh, it's important not to lose uh, I mean we're I'm teaching writing so um, we really need a pen and a paper Uh, but of course hybrid practices can facilitate the delivery and um, it's true that students appreciate the flexibility of being able to attend a class when they are traveling on holiday Uh, we saw that during the pandemic um, but it's important to to choose uh, the, at least in my classes, what I do is I choose the tech options uh, when they really offer something more than just the face-to-face or the traditional uh, ways of uh, delivering or of, uh, for example, I have found the fact that I don't need to collect so much paper. That's a very small practical thing. Um, a great plus of uh, submitting online, correcting online, um, and being able to send feedback to students right away instead of waiting for the next class meeting, just a small. Uh, that's a that's a nice practical uh, example for how your particular discipline benefits from being able to move into this space. Uh, I would think. Thank you, James. Around any, anything you wanted to come in on on those points? Yes, I think what's interesting is that the situation has created an opportunity for change. For the better uh and i wonder whether that will last whether that will carry on uh, there's a saying in english don't waste a crisis you know <laughs> use an opportunity to make developments and changes that go on that don't just stop at the end of the pandemic i wonder whether that's been the case for both of you at all yeah for me i think this uh, philosophical approach from yelly it's actually really an eye opener and it's really something that i think it's worthwhile taking the board, yeah. Mm. Um, just thinking about um, support, um, and obviously you've both been talking about how you were involved in this blended hybrid approach before the pandemic, which I think must have given you a, 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 just an extra layer of confidence in a very challenging, trying situation. But in terms of support, uh, I don't know, have you got experience at your institutions about centres for learning and teaching providing support? Uh, for hybrid learning and teaching, whether it's pedagogic or technical or practical support? Perhaps you, Avi, you could talk about that first. Yes, uh, we've had, as I said, we have an instructional designer uh, who supports people who want to offer, even before the pandemic, uh, blended, or I think we also have a couple of classes that are completely online. And there is discussion of moving a a little more to online teaching. Um, so there has been support there. Uh, there's a very good uh, teaching and learning center that um, supports a variety of uh, pedagogical issues, best, best practices, but also uh, there have been numerous uh, workshops 
where basically among colleagues, we share uh, best practices with uh, online teaching or uh, someone who uses a, an app or a platform or how it has worked out in their class, they would share. And uh, that has been very useful. Um, in terms of tech support, that is a little bit um, a little bit of an issue. For example, uh, I wish I could do some of my classes in a computer lab, which is not an option because the computer majors use the labs. So a writing class, you might be able to book a computer lab for once, maybe. So I had to depend on uh, uh, the availability of technology through the students. Some of them have their phones, some would bring their laptops. Um, so that was a little bit of a concern in the beginning, but uh, it seems to be working. Um, uh, it, it works with writing classes. I mean, apart from the paper and the feedback, um, because we do a lot of peer work and mm. uh, we share writing. Yeah. Uh, technology is a great way to not only share writing, but also share it not only in pairs or in small groups, but the rest of the class can also see uh, what the group has been doing. So, And also save it somewhere where students can refer okay. back to it. That, I was going to ask you about that, particularly for writing. Do you use online uh, tools, whiteboards within Zoom or Teams or Blackboard? Uh, Blackboard mainly because uh, this is the platform that we're using. So when the class is, even in the blended classes, yes, in the blended classes, we have asynchronous Blackboard activities, which might be group work, might be, let's say, a wiki, could be a blog where students need to respond, um, discussion board sometimes. Um, and sometimes in class, for example, sometimes I would open up Blackboard in class and turn on, uh, create a blog, ask them to write in the blog as they are in class, and then I can, you know, project this on the board and the whole class, or they can read it on their phones and they can respond and we can discuss it more comfortably. Um, so Blackboard has been very useful in that. Uh, we have been using Teams during the pandemic. Uh, and we did a lot of breakout rooms there, but now we can do the breakout room in the classroom. So I'm using the physical space for what it, it's best. It's better than a breakout room, but I will use the blog on Blackboard. So that's how I will choose the okay. combination of technology and face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, Yeli, what about support from, from your point of view? How has that been? Um, I think Inland University has quite a big support organization. So we have... Uh, uh, support on technical uh, uh, we have technical support we are placed in different uh, locations in the Netherlands so every building has its own uh, service point where lecturers can ask for technical support and besides that we are organized in learning communities mm -hmm. about teaching learning and technology how to implement it how to um, to explore new new possibilities. For instance, we will this week we'll uh, do some recordings on three on sixty uh, degrees video content, and we do it with uh, colleagues that are also experienced with it. So we are, yeah, in in different groups. Is that within the same institution or other universities in the Netherlands? No, it's the same. Uh, it's the uh, it's all um, from Inland University, so from different locations, different um, uh, campuses. Uh, we combine, uh, yeah, our, our knowledge and skills. Okay, that's really helpful. Um, so it's like a community. Is that an actual structure? Uh, community of practice. <laughs> Community no, practice. Yeah. We we did formalize it, so it's an it's an explicit um, structure, at least for our yeah pro for the healthcare programs mm -hmm. that that we that we combined all the teaching and learning and technology consultancies. We are combined in one group, and we we share good practices for Moodle for um, interactive documents, how to use it in, in, in your class, peer review, uh, VR, yeah, and so on. It's, but it, that's, in my opinion, that's a little bit away from hybrid teaching where we discussed, be, uh, yeah, and that's maybe the definition is, is important because I see hybrid teaching as combining physical uh, uh, students yeah, with absolutely. online students mm. and more, more general than it's, for me, it's about blended learning, where we combine 
we use technology to to prolong the the learning before the the class starts yeah, yeah. so i think it's very helpful to uh have a an, a meeting of minds on what does this mean what does hybrid mean mm. what does blended yeah. mean uh, at the outset and i think with your students yes. as well i don't know whether you've both of you have had much support uh from your universities about how to deal with supporting students as, as an academic yourself there's also support for the for the students how to deal with uh, the technical support and how to um but how oh, no no not only about technical but also about how to record a podcast so there are trainings that are not only open for teachers but also open for for students how to mm. how to create your mm. own podcast mm. so um, yeah yeah i think thanks thanks Yeli and and Evi uh, for for this reflection on the on the james's question but i think we have started talking about your personal experiences in the hybrid and and of course, probably there is an aptitude in the group of five that we are together here, and maybe listeners of this podcast. But what if, um, what if someone who is coming into hybrid uh, is not keen? So, what what can we uh, suggest, or maybe what can what can we guide people to do in terms of how to overcome the fear, or maybe how to um, how to how to get more hungry to be more effective in the hybrid teaching itself, and not only alone. As you have mentioned, Yeli, also maybe in terms of the community of practice, what would you would you think about it? Maybe we can start with Evi because Yeli already mentioned something about community of practice. I don't want him to 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 spend all his thoughts immediately, please. Okay. Time uh, to think. <laughs> I would like to add as well that we also have an IT support for uh, mm -hmm. both for faculty and for students, so but um, not as developed as the one Yeli mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really interesting, actually. Um, yes, I'm coordinating around 20 to 25 uh, teachers in the writing program, and uh, we do have uh, people who are very hesitant to use technology. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe small steps are important, uh, and I believe that in um, I try through the examples of my classes to mm -hmm. show people how if they use this tool, their life will be easier. They will be have a better uh, result. Uh, communicating with the students mm -hmm. or they will be better at supporting the students learning process um so uh i have been winning people over one step at a time for example mm -hmm. i created um, a research process journal and i have been presenting it in workshops and i have been talking to people about it and then you know occasionally someone would come up and say oh can you help me set this up for my class mm -hmm. or can let's let me see how this works and i would open up my course blackboard and share it with them and um I think uh, people need to be eased into it. And it took me quite a while to feel comfortable mm, with this, quite mm. a few years. So small steps. Yeah, interesting. And I probably, it's, as you said, uh, just trying to uh, sh uh, walk the talk, yeah? And yeah. showing them how mm. to do it. Yes. Great, great. Yes. Yeli, is there anything else you would like to add to the community of practice you already mentioned? Maybe, yeah, yeah please. I think you should start discussing um, with your colleagues how you would like to to use hybrid teaching because you have to agree on each other what kind of hybrid teaching would you like to mm -hmm. do um, the number of sessions the length of the sessions how to uh, what activities do you want to use before sessions what kind of activities do you want to use in the hybrid sessions because you cannot mm -hmm. translate your your classic uh, your classical um, curriculum to to a hybrid curriculum, you have to redesign it, and mm -hmm. you have to do it in small steps. So you have to explore um, and build confidence. And yeah. one other thing I would like to say is um, pilots with colleagues how to start a hybrid session so that you don't have to struggle that you don't struggle anymore with technical issues. You can really focus on the learning hmm. so it's like driving a car you don't you don't think of what to do you just explore the scenery or bicycle in your case yeah 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 i, th I think in both cases there's some really nice um uh considerations for how to get 
colleagues on board there. You know, every talking Indeed, about yeah. small steps Thank you. Uh, and um, demonstrating your own good experience there. You know, things that have worked for you. And uh, yearly talking about um, getting a, a kind of a consensual approach. You know, get, gaining agreement on how should we do this. It's not just those of us who support this kind of thing. It's not just about you know what we can think of for those of you who are actually doing the teaching, uh, but it's something that you have to find agreement amongst yourselves as well. Really, yeah, good, actually, really good point. Uh, sorry, Ivan. I was no, just, I, going, just going to say the the experience that we've had at City University of London is that uh, there was a mad flurry almost a panic to deliver hybrid courses. A lot of that's quietened down. And the way we're seeing things develop now is, is the way we've been talking about it from the outset, that really this should be done at program level, hmm. um, where it's planned, considered, you start small, once you've got the confidence and it's starting to work, you develop it. But all, all the way, taking your students with you, managing expectations, asking how they're experiencing it, and, and learning from what you've experienced before. And I think by the sounds of it, you've both had experience pre-pandemic BC, before COVID. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I wonder whether that gives you both an insight into the future of hybrid teaching at higher education. You know, uh, people talk about going back to normal. I'd like to think the new, there's a new normal where we've learned a lot and developed good ideas and listened to students with... The backing of community support. Um, Yella, you started talking at the beginning about inclusivity, which is really good to hear. And, and the way that people live and work differently. Um, Ivan's got experience of, of students and mature students living across Europe yeah. uh, on, on his MSc in mm. aviation. That's so true. really interested to know um, what both of you, if you, I imagine you have started to think about the future. Perhaps um, Yella, we go to you first. Yeah, I see that the future could could go two ways towards a growth, but I also see some um, some pitfalls and some problems that we struggle with. So, what what I see at our, our university is that the early adapters and the explorers are happy to to explore these possibilities. But the early majority, it's it's very difficult to to get them on board, and also the the late majority and so on. So, to make mass uh, of it, uh, mm -hmm. it's difficult. And another problem I see is that our students, due to the pandemic, they are they they taste the flexibility, and it's very difficult to have them on board physical and they don't they don't always know that physical for certain students it's better compared to other students so mm. so some students can without any problem do uh, a course online but some of them they 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 have benefits to to enter the campus every week yeah for the for a certain course yeah and that's a struggle yeah i i experienced myself also in my in my own courses that it's very difficult to have even students from amsterdam that's only 30 kilometers from from Harlem, to have them fiscal back in in the class when i offer the course hybrid so that's that's a way of thinking about the future and managing students preferences and, and how much you take that on board does is, is that a similar experience for you Yovi? yes um i i agree with many points that yelly made uh, i agree that it offers a, a multimodal way of teaching that can uh, meet um, particular uh, needs of students students were a little bit spoiled with the pandemic uh, especially the first uh, weeks that we came back last year, uh, they would say, ah, we, it's going to be a, well, strikes are an issue in Greece. So uh, there's going to be a strike. Can we have the class online? So we kind of tried to discourage that a little yeah, bit. Um, and um, students, um, I agree with Yeli that some students work better online and can be 
very effective and others need to come to campus and some students are aware of that. The point is that some students are not aware of that and they prefer the convenience of not coming to campus but it's not good for them. So that is very difficult to to manage. I mean, how can you tell to a student, oh, you'd better come to class because you're not paying attention or you're distracted or you're not participating. Uh, so that's very difficult to manage. Yeah. What's very interesting from what you're saying is it chimes with what we've experienced at City. Uh, and it's less now about the technology and about the sending out Zoom invites or team invites or whatever. It's more about the pedagogy of hybrid teaching. And you're absolutely right, Yelly. People, students are very mm. different in their preferences and, and their learning styles and what suits them. And there's we've noticed a maturity difference between undergraduate and postgraduates and taking responsibility for their own learning. So I wonder whether there's a way of developing the future model, bearing that in mind. I don't know whether you, either if you've got ideas about what, what would work best. I'll just jump in there as well. I mean, it's it's interesting that um, the the future question is one that obviously we ask on this podcast a lot. You know, what's what's next? And it's good that both of you focused on uh, either the teachers or the students in this case. Um, you know, if if this multimodal approach is to continue to be used in any way, um, being quite considered in how we develop our uh, expectations for students is a really important point as opposed and, to just what's the best camera out there well where do yeah. you put a microphone we've moved on yeah, from there haven't we yeah, yeah exactly and, and i have you talked to your students about what works for them i think we we should start the discussion with students indeed uh what's the advantage for them to come to our campus so what makes it affordable to invest time to travel to, uh, to our campus? What's the advantage? And one of the advantages could be the socialization because yeah. socialization is really an issue. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the success factors for, for, for learning, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, for my own courses, we start to think again about physical uh, meetings for all participants maybe to start with maybe to end maybe halfway at the moment we we moved completely to online right. although i have a lot of experience with hybrids all my students are online mm. so that's that's the other way around that's not what, the, what we would like to have because we have medical doctors in the meeting we have we have them physical in in Haarlem. But the rest of the participants is online. And yeah. maybe one or two participants are in, in Haarlem, but we would like to have it back mm. in the way we had before. Around 40% of the students is physical and the rest of them is mm. entering online, especially for the international students where traveling is yeah, too expensive. It's not sustainable. So to go, to go back to our definition where uh, in hybrid we're talking about mixing modes in real time. Yeah. Um, in, in, in a way there, Yali, what you're, what you're talking about is as hybrid as effectively the, the, the best solution because you can't have fully in person and fully online without losing uh, some of the qualities of each. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, Ivan, you want to come in and then we yeah. go. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, follow on, on what Yelly said. Funny enough, next week we have a graduation at the University of West London, and I'm going to meet some of my students for the first time yeah. <laughs> when graduating. Mm. And actually, the matter of fact is that it's a great occasion, but um, we haven't had a chance to, to meet before because it was the, the online teaching. They had success, actually. Some of them got even the first at their dissertations. That's great. But the thing is actually... We don't have, we didn't get chance to know each other quite well. Yeah. I think the socialization factor is very important. And um, we we tried this type of hybrid that Yeli mentioned, not in my classes, but some colleagues had done this hybrid of having half the class in the classroom and half of them at home. And um, I don't think it was, we kind of dropped that very quickly. And uh, the hybrid that we do now is that we have mainly a physical class and we use some hybrid practices in class and before and after class. Um, 
or some asynchronous, I mean, we might have weeks where we meet in person and weeks that they work asynchronously. So uh, presence on campus is kind of um, required quite frequently. Um, I felt uh, after the pandemic that the students needed the socializing. Uh, I hadn't realized before how teaching is not only about learning and uh, interacting with the students, but the dynamics of the class and the students uh, interacting with each other. Uh, the idea that 20 people gather in a space to work on something, there's something there that uh, I think is lost when uh, meeting online. So I think face-to-face, uh, -face, I agree, is important. Yeah. And it's a particularly interesting challenge to try to uh, facilitate those dynamics when you are mixing modes in real time as well. Um, this brings us slightly towards the, the end of the conversation today. And um, I've got one more question for you both. Uh, I'll go to Avi first and then Yeli. Um, basically, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you would like to say? So it's a kind of uh, wrap up your reflections or anything that you were you brought to this uh, meeting this uh, th today that you think I I want to get this across. What I would uh, just emphasize is that um, technology can be scary for some people, so uh, this needs to be taken into consideration when sharing mm -hmm. with uh, colleagues. Uh, the technology, for me at least, it wouldn't be the primary goal. I mean, I would. Place, place more emphasis on pedagogy and uh, what I'm trying to achieve with my students. And then if there is a te tech tool that can make that more efficient, then I would go there. Uh, that I would emphasize that. And I think that there is flexibility offer. I, I believe in the flexibility offered by these uh, multimodal modes that uh, we need to explore and uh, see how we can use it uh, to get the learning outcomes that we're uh, aiming for. That's great. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Yeli, you get the final word. Yeah, I would like to add two different things. First, um, when you go really to hybrid teaching, I see a lot of mistakes in hybrid teaching. Just put a camera and um, think that hybrid teaching will work is the wrong way. So you have to really redesign your classroom. You have to redesign the way you teach and you need more staff in the classroom. So all our, our hybrid teaching sessions are with two moderators. And we, we did, didn't discuss before, and we prefer to have one online moderator and one physical in the meeting. And then you have another problem that you cannot discuss with your other moderator. The, the tools are not there, there's no bypass in teams where you can for instance can discuss what who will ask the next question um for instance um and you cannot you don't have the physical um situation that you nod to each other and then you know oh what's the next step and when you when we do redesign our educational programs then it will really create an inclusive way um yeah of teaching that's good so, to hear i think that's been a, a, a sort of message uh I, i've been keen to get out uh, as all of us build something new from the lockdown periods as well is design as a key factor to um to coin almost a political cliche to build back better you know <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the inclusive side is really important um, in lots of ways, and it depends what you mean by inclusivity. Um, at City, we started off thinking about hybrid teaching uh, as the equitable model, have creating greater equity, uh, trying to create an equal experience for people online, people in class. Um, and then we changed that to inclusive. So the project at City, we've called it ILA, Inclusive Synchronous Learning Activities. And that's been the project name to drive the hybrid teaching project. And now we're focused on research of what's gone in the last two years and developing a pedagogy. And I think that sounds like where, you, where you're going, both of you and your respective institutions, albeit with different practice. So we've got the writing, we've got the medical profession, 
working in in a hybrid environment but thinking about the future where do you see where do you see your teaching in three years time i think it's the only way that we can survive hmm. um and especially we are a postgraduate uh no a post initial master program so students bring in their own knowledge and skills in the in the meetings and um short of, of shortage of staff will be a major problem in the future and it i think it will the only way that professionals can continue with learning in the future maybe the only way uh, the only way uh, well I, I think that we will be using some hybrid practices in the face-to-face -face classes um, and there is already discussion on campus about offering online courses or programs so because it's difficult to combine online and face-to-face -face. Um, there is a movement in that direction uh, I teach in the first year program so we have very young very inexperienced students who need a lot of guidance and a lot of training in college life so I am not very I mean, I, I can see purely online writing courses, uh, but I it's not something that I really, uh, I think it's very useful. I mean, as someone who starts first year in college, I think it's great to be able to be on campus, to meet other people. The socializing aspect, I think, is very important. I can see the exploring the current way of using the hybrid practices within the face-to-face -face classes, or maybe a purely online course, maybe after a lot of discussion and planning in three four years time maybe just before you come in don yeah it'd be very interesting to have this conversation in three years with both of you if we're still working yeah if you're on my remark about the only way to survive it's only valid for our program for our situation because the situation in the netherlands we are only a small country we are a small program and uh, the the market is small so and yeah, it's very difficult for participants then to continue with learning to be educated professionals in medical imaging, radiation oncology. Exactly. And yeah, it should be uh, over the borders of our country for this situation. But I agree completely with Avi. For bachelor students, the situation is completely mm. different. For big master programs with 200 students in a master program, It's you will design a completely different course. Yeah. I think that's quite close to what we're thinking at City as well, is that for the right context, you know, this offers all manner of great opportunities, um, but it's not right for all contexts. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's here. Uh, I will teach next week, again, a group online hybrid pilots and cabin crew from around the world so so many look like uh, situations like uh, yelly yeah which brings us mm. to the end of this conversation uh Evie, yelly it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you both today uh thank you very much for your insights and your contributions and what you have brought to teaching here and there thank you for me Thank you. Thank you for me as well. And for confirming a lot of stuff that we have heard already. So we are on the right track. <laughs> it was Thank you very to much. Great being here. Thank you very much. Lovely, Teddy. Thanks very much. So that was our final conversation of the uh, calendar year this year, which uh, wraps up 2022 on teaching here and there. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation with Evie and Yelly. We got uh, we got into some uh, some variations there. We had uh, a writing program focused on undergraduates in Greece. We had a postgraduate uh, program centered in the Netherlands and focused around uh, radiation, but more for uh, postgrads. So uh, some some variety in the perspectives there. Uh, let me come to you both for your your takeaways from uh, uh, this conversation there. Uh, mm. Ivan, um, let's go to you first. What, what were your main takeaways from that? 
Yeah, interesting. As I said, and you said as, as well, the people from the continent, again, different accents like mine, and I enjoy that. Uh, names, a mm, little bit difficult to pronounce, but Yeli was mm. interesting in his um, uh, approach to, to thinking about the hybrid teaching, because we, one would expect now, great, we have technology and what do you think? And I should do, do, do you have to think about anything else? But then after a good moment of thought, what we've heard from Yeli actually, I think rings a bell. We need to think why we are doing all of this. What is the background philosophy behind, behind or beside uh, the technology that we have accessible in nowadays? All these Zooms and MS Teams and everything that we have. So that was the main takeaway from me now. Uh, I will not go for another shiny thing. I will think, <laughs> what is the thing that I need? I think that um, the perspectives were very interesting. And what was useful was the uh, almost polar opposite of subject material that our guests were dealing with. Um, they both talked about um, the importance of place. And we've had this with previous guests. I think we even talked about it last uh, episode with Brian Beattie was this idea of what what reason are we giving students to come on campus um, and that's been a bit of a theme and I, it was good to hear that from Yelly and from Evie as well talking about the changes to the curriculum the change of the way that students work um, she's talking about teaching study skills writing skills and how they collaborated live on documents they could all see and hear what was going on at the same time and that's picking up one of the very practical things that's come out of the pandemic and taking that forward. Um, I think also was this idea of uh, how to formulate this at programme level. And they both talked about the importance of pedagogy and getting that right. Um, otherwise, it's not sustainable. And we we did put them the, uh, put to them a very interesting question, as we just heard about the future. Um, and I'd say it's it's probably going to carry on at some level. Uh, I don't think they were necessarily thinking it was here to stay across the board, but certainly in certain areas, it's an incredibly useful approach. So yeah, really useful and really interesting conversation. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I kind of felt with, um, I, yeah, they seems to be doing something really quite, um, quite rigorous in, in, in what he's doing. He's, um, but he started very early, huh? 2011, if he said yeah. that. Yeah, very early. Oh, and and uh, I, I like the uh, the pun on the Dutch master, the old Dutch master. Very <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you'd, I tried to make it slightly relevant there. Um, but, uh, you know, he's you know, very, uh, I kind of got a feeling that it looked like, it felt like the kind of class that I'd, I would almost like to be a fly on the wall for or to learn from. He mentioned the importance of, redesigning things and I think you know, the design question came through from both of them you know and you know you call it design call it planning uh the design of a hybrid session a hybrid program I, I think is a is a really important factor and, um, and the idea of inclusion as well which came across yeah. very strongly particularly from Yelly. yeah exactly that chimes with the work that we've been involved in hasn't it yeah, definitely. And and there was one, uh, I, I suppose, just simple practical point from uh, Yelly as well is the um, thinking about co-pilots. Um, it can be so much more uh, effective. You've got two, you know, yeah. one for managing the online side of things and one for managing the in-person side of things. I think he so, had a flight engineer as well, didn't he? So there were three well, of them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, you've you've That's kind of a luxury for some people. Hybrid yeah. teaching becomes team teaching, doesn't it? Well, yeah, so. lots of food for thought for the future there. But also brings uh, you know, just pitch in again from the aviation side. If you have two of equal um, rank or equal equal authority, then you have to think of the procedures between that small team. How you are going to operate. So it opens another, not Pandora box, I think another set of challenges that you either have to, to, to design or to formalize after a few sessions. Yes. and Wouldn't it be uh, great if we can bring some co-pilots to, uh, to the podcast oh, table? Eh? Oh, there's yeah. a tempting thought. Uh, one yes. final thought from from um, University of Athens. Evie was talking about building in hybrid activities throughout 
um, the curriculum throughout the term. So not every session was necessarily hybrid. Uh, mm. That's a really interesting approach that other guests have talked about. But I think there's a lot of value in that, and that that could really help with the learning design aspect of this as well. Very much so. Which brings us to the end of the 2022 run of Teaching Here and There episodes. Uh, we very much hope that you have enjoyed what you've been listening to or uh, found it useful uh, in some way in your own practice. Um, as ever, um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to teachinghereandtherepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, while it remains still standing, uh, if that is the case by the time <laughs> this episode goes out, you can tweet us at that hybrid pod. Um, and um, we've had our first voicemail come in, and I think that sets the sets the tone for um, possibly a lot more in that direction. I'll see if we can uh, crowdsource some um, some input that way in the future. You can send us an audio message at anchor.fm slash teaching here and there slash message. Uh, and uh, hopefully you can find your, your own way into a future episode. Do send us a message and uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. So gentlemen, um, shall, we, shall we wish our listeners a uh, happy end of the year? Absolutely. Not enjoy enjoy your festive uh, time and Happy try, holidays. Yes, try to relax. We'll Absolutely. look forward to seeing you on the other side, 2023. And so here's to 2023, and we shall teach here and we'll teach there. I've been Don Pates. I'm Ivan Sikora. And I'm James Rutherford. Thank you very much. Teaching Here and There is a podcast brought to you by PSR Production. It's available to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Spotify and any web browser.